right, all right. What's up, everybody? How you doing? It's Sunday night. We are back. This is the last uh, night of our dating, our relationships series, uh, and we have a man, just a panel full of wisdom up here. And so our goal of tonight is really when Logan and I are just dreaming, planning for the semester, our heart, this whole series has been uh, that we just come alongside you as you navigate relationships, singleness, dating, wherever you find yourself. And we just want to encourage you to come closer to Jesus as you choose who you date, how you date, what what you do. When, like all, all the things that come with dating, we're trying to figure out just how can we best support you as you try to figure this thing out? How can we point you to the Word of God? How can we point you to other people who are walking with God? And our whole heart in this series is just to make you better as you date other people. Uh, or hopefully the same person, not other people. Uh, so let's just get that right. Uh, but tonight, I just I have a panel up here. We asked the best of the best, and so you ha- you are in for a treat tonight. Um, really, how, how many of you are just thankful for that worship? I just felt like it was so refreshing. Uh, end of February, early March is like that middle semester grind. Y'all know y'all know where it's at. It's like you can't get quite enough energy drinks. You can't get quite enough coffee. You're just like you feel the same kind of way all day. Uh, man, it's just refreshing when you get into the presence of God. And so, what I want to ask you to do tonight is just as you're here, you've committed to being here. You're already sat down. It'd be awkward if you left right now, so you might as well commit. Uh, just open up your hands, open up your heart tonight, just to what God wants to teach us. Whether whether you find yourself in dating right now or in singleness, wherever you may be, whether you're whether you want a relationship now or whether you're like I'm totally fine right now being where I'm at. Y'all know where you're at. You're going to come to a point in your life where you're like, man, I wish I would have taken notes when this panel was up here in that relationship series I was in in college. All of the, all these things are going to come back to you. You're going to be like, man, I'm thankful. I paid attention. I received from what was said. And so I'm just telling you, you are going to want to take notes. So Apple Notes, whether you brought your journal, how many journal havers in the house? If y'all got your paper journals? That's not even a word or a phrase. Uh, I just want to encourage you strongly to take notes. This is not every day. We've got a couple pastors on staff who have been doing marriage. They'll tell about that later for years. A couple who's raised some godly kids who some of them are in this room right now. You are going to want to do relationships. And then our youth pastors who have a heart for relationships are counseling people in relationships all the time and who have done it well themselves. We just want to help coach you. And so please take notes. Honor them by taking notes. I don't care if you take notes anytime I'm up here, but please take notes tonight and honor them. So what I want to do first is they're going to go down the line, introduce themselves. Uh, really, who you are, what are you doing here? <laughs> why, did, why did we ask you to be here? And then uh, like just a, an interesting fact about yourself. So go ahead. Introduce first. Yeah. I'm a Pastor Jim Stockdale, my wife, Cindy. I'll let you. you go ahead. I'm on, I'm on. Oh, we, uh, we have... Uh, We've been on staff here full-time for 15 years. Uh, we do uh, pastoral care, focusing mainly on marriage ministry. And uh, we've been in Conway 35 years. We just love being in Conway. We love this age group especially. All, one reason our oldest granddaughter is here, and uh, we won't embarrass her, but uh, yeah, she's raising her hand, Abby Nagel. We're so proud of Abby, so why don't you add to that? So we, did you say how long we've been married? No. Okay. 48 years this summer, we were counting up, I mean, (laughs) we were counting up on Valentine's Day how many it had been, so we have a family text, so I put on the fam, 50 Valentine's Day since we started dating in high school, and our third oldest, who used to be Pastor Rick's assistant for quite a few years, very detail-oriented, did a good job for him because she is so administrative. She told me later, Mom, I didn't want to correct you on the group text, but you would have counted that first one, so it actually was 51. I said, okay, even better. <laughs> 51 Valentine's Days together. I didn't any. I didn't miss any. Yeah. And uh, just... Super short. We met in high school, so we were high school sweethearts. We will not really be speaking to the singleness questions. Um, Talked with a lot of girls and prayed with them through seasons of singleness, but we met in 10th grade biology. 
uh, dissecting frogs together. So we said, I mean, every it, man's dream, right? Every it man's could dream only biology. get more romantic from there, right? That I mean, anything was, and started dating in the eleventh grade. Married during college at the ripe old age of nineteen. Thought we were plenty old enough to be married, and um, but then didn't have children for five years. So. But when we did, we had four girls close together. We now have 16 grandkids. Abby's the oldest, and they are down to almost a year. So that's us. That's good. Go next. Okay. I'm Stephen Morgison. This is my wife, Stacy Morgison. Uh, I've got two, Callie and Carson, that are here tonight. Um, I've, yeah, I've got two other ones. <laughs> At home, um, so we have four all together. We're from, uh, I'm from Van Buren, Stacy's from Prescott. Yep, Prescott, yeah. <laughs> Prescott, um, and we met, we're, we've been married for 22 years. Is that right? Yeah, okay. And, and uh, what else? How do we meet? Oh yeah, we were going to Chi Alpha here in Conway, we met. Went to the scholar, uh, they had a skating rink open night for Kyle for whatever. <clears throat> and uh, I was there, I had a bandana, you know, dressed up in the, you know, thing. Yeah, it impressed her <laughs> very much. But uh, they did a little, I think they called it powder or snowball. Is that what it is? When the, the girl asked the guy to, to skate and Stacy asked me and then it was all over from there. But uh <laughs> so she asked me the first time. So here, I'll, I'll give this to you so you can talk. Uh, what else did I say? No, he covered it all. Um, yeah, we're excited to to be here. We have been married 22 years, and um, the Lord has definitely like redeemed so many things. We have an amazing marriage, but the first couple of years were. Oh, whoa, let's just dive right in. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're rocky to say the least. So, like, we're excited that y'all are going to get to step in and enter into your marriage and um, hopefully be spared of some of the things we had to learn along the way. Yeah. That's but, good. Yeah. Thank you. Do you want me to start? Yeah. Okay. We're like spring chickens over here. <laughs> we're in our third year of marriage. Um, and so we're still learning and growing through the fun and hard things, I would say. So third year of marriage, we met um, in 2019 in Fayetteville um, at a church there. Um, kind of a long story, but that's where we met. Um, what else? Oh, we're the youth pastors. Real life is no longer a thing. It's now youth, so that's really fun. Yeah. Um, and we've been here since May of last year. We love it. So. Yeah, we'll be creeping up on a year here. Uh, we're loving it. We're loving ministry. Like she said, we've been married a fat three years. So they definitely picked the most knowledgeable in the marriage department over here. Uh, but I we're told you we'd pick the best of the best. Yeah, praise God. <laughs> uh, we're still learning. Um, we had a rocky first year, uh, but every year since has been absolutely amazing. And uh, yeah. Yeah, about two years <laughs> since, and they're only going to get better. Yeah. Um, yeah, Kat's from Oklahoma City. I'm from South Carolina, and uh, we're just happy to be here. All right, so as you can, as you can tell, there's no, sh there's no lack of failures in our relationships represented up here. If all of them went by and we just focused on what we did not do well, uh, you'd be very discouraged and you'd be like, I never want to date anybody. <laughs> but I want to let you know that all of us up here were not chosen because we are the best at relationships. Uh, we just feel like we want to invest in your life in a way that hopes, ho hopefully you can ace the areas that necessarily we did not ace. And every relationship is going to have those moments where you're like, man, this is tough. Uh, and you're going to need relationships like these guys, like Stephen mentors me on a regular basis. Jim mentors me in different areas of my life as well. You need people like this in your life that are ahead of you. And so what I'm thankful for is that they're just willing to share some of their story tonight. So Jim, do you want to start us off and then we'll get into some of the questions? Let me, let me, let me just set the table really fast. There's a, there's a big idea that's very spiritual and then there's something very practical. Okay. The, the spiritual side, Cindy and I just got back a couple of weeks ago from a bucket list trip to Israel. 
man, the only thing I regret, I wish we'd gone when we were your age. If you ever get a chance to go to Israel, go. I don't care how much it costs, go. It makes, it makes the New Testament and the Bible come alive like you wouldn't believe. The spiritual moment tonight, this is a very, very, very crucial topic. And the, the spiritual idea is, as we're in the Sea of Galilee area where Jesus landed and planted his ministry, he looked at his 12 that he chose and he simply said, follow me. If you'll just follow Jesus in this relationship dynamic, I love this age group because I remember you're at that age group. You're at that stage of life. You are making major decisions that will set the foundation of your life. You're owning your faith. You're trying to figure out career, education, which route to take, what path to take. You're working on relationships about dating or marriage. Uh, it's just, it's a fantastic time of life. Just follow Jesus. That's the, that's the spiritual. Evan, if you show a picture, here's the practical. All right? Almost 50 years ago, two 19-year-olds who were following Jesus, madly in love, we still are. That was, that was we decided, okay, we're going to live the rest of our life together. And from that, the two of us at 19, look at the next picture. There's, there's 25 people in that picture. There's one missing who was born after this picture. There's 26. So as we were just seeking God and what he wanted for our life, two little 19-year-old kids from the Memphis, Tennessee area, almost 50 years later, we're talking to you tonight, and we have a, an incredible family, extended family of 26. So this is it's a big moment tonight. So I do hope you take notes, and we're excited. Uh, okay. But let me grab the mic just to say, I told Justin just before we came up here, next week we'll come and tell all of our failures. They are way too many to recount because that looks, that's like a quick fast forward between pictures. But along the way have been a lot of failures, a lot of growing, a lot of growing, you can only imagine growing up together, literally, since we got together so young. So yes, looks great in pictures, but there's all, there's all the good, the bad, and the ugly, but there is God's faithfulness through every moment of every time in between those two pictures. All right, let's pray, and then we'll, we'll just get on out of here. I guess that was... <laughs> uh, no, thank you all so much. We, uh, I do want to pray before we jump into this. Lord, I just pray that you you give us wisdom here, and Lord, I pray that for every person in this room, regardless of where they're at, Lord, that they would hear from your Holy Spirit living inside of them. Lord, where, where should I focus? What do I need to do? Where, where, what is for me tonight? Um, God, just impress on us the things that, that we need, uh, and Lord, we just pray your will be done tonight. Uh, help us not to screw it up. Amen. Amen. <laughs> hey, uh, okay, so we're going to jump right into it. Y'all ready? Y'all are good? Y'all are here? Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, well, let's start with some dating marriage questions. Um, what should you look for in a spouse? Let's start there. What should you look for in a spouse? We're all answering this, right? Uh, you can, yeah. Okay. Uh, I think the most obvious thing is, uh, what is it, Second Corinthians, where it talks about being equally yoked, I think that's the most obvious. If you're in this room and you call yourself a Christian, a Christ follower, uh, you have to find other Christ followers. I think that's the most obvious, uh, most simple, maybe not simple, but most obvious mm -hmm. answer to that question. Yeah. Um, some advice that was given to me when I was I'm still young, but younger, um, was when you're looking for a guy to date, um, notice, if possible, how they treat their mom, because that's how they will treat you, just because they're comfortable with their mom, that's who they grew up with, um, and specifically in times of like frustration, like how do they treat their mom in those moments? Um, so when Nate and I were dating, I always did that. I watched how he treated his mom, and he was always 
so sweet and like servant hearted to his mom. And I've noticed now that we're married, a lot of the ways that he treated her and a lot of the things that he did to serve her, he does for me as well. Um, so girls and guys just flip it. I was a mama's boy. So <laughs> that too. Yeah. Um, I guess, uh, probably first and foremost, which is pretty obvious, but, um, you want to find a guy that their life is God centered because if not for sure, um, when you enter into marriage, like God's not going to be the center of, you know, for him in the marriage. But I feel like that there's, um, like the way my mind works, it kind of separates like your, uh, primary kind of attributes that you would look for and like your secondary attributes. And I feel like that it's important to like distinguish between the two because what I see happen a lot is that, um, so like, for example, like primary attributes that would be non-negotiable, like things that I would teach my kids, like to look for a man that's, you know, humble, that leads well, that's confident, um, that knows who they are in Christ. Like those are things that are non-negotiable. And then you have like secondary things. So like when I was dating, I loved to laugh. Like a sense of humor was way up at the top of my secondary list, <laughs> nearly made the first list. But the thing is like, we ha- like, you know, you want to find someone that has common interests and all of those kind of things, of course, right? Yeah. To be compatible. But I still put all of those things on the secondary um, list of attributes because at the end of the day, 22 years in, a good sense of humor, although valuable and very enjoyable, Stephen has one. Um, when you hit the trials of life, and there's going to be trials. There's been some hard, rocky times in those 22 years. The sense of humor is not going to carry you through. But a man of God that's willing to get down on his face and pray and seek the Lord above all else, that's who you want beside you during the good times and the bad times. So I can keep talking to this, but what, what if we're in a place where we crave that, but we may not, fi- we may not be finding that? I sense some of, most of us in here would agree, like, that's what I'm looking for. But what if I'm not seeing that? What if, I, what if that's not the people I'm around right now? What if I'm in church, I'm in service, I'm, I'm coming to New Life or some other churches here in town, maybe other ministries, and, but I just, I'm not finding that. Well, I think, you know, I was kind of thinking about that, my answer right before that, um, before you said that, it kind of goes into what I was, what I was thinking, but I had dated girls that were Christian girls, said they were Christian girls or whatever. Um, you know, I think my heart in college, after a few years of college, I started to look toward God a whole lot more because I wasn't finding in, in certain places, you know, so, um, I was in Calpha. I tried to put my myself in certain places to be around good Christian people. Um, the the thing is, is that um, I, I really believe this is true, is that you have to pray for that person. I mean, for that person that's meant for you, you have to pray. And that's what I did. And that's what I got right here. And um, I said, Lord, send me somebody that loves you as much as me or more that would challenge me in my relationship with you. And did I find, I mean, she, she's like another, <laughs> she's like the Holy Spirit all over again, you know. She, <laughs> But uh, no, I really believe that that is true, and I thank God will honor that. You pray for your spouse, the one that's meant for you, and they will find you. I really believe that if you're seeking him, and, and it'll happen. Well, we didn't quote sign up for this question. We kind of divided them up so we wouldn't all be talking on each one. But when you said that, I did think about how that's almost a daily prayer is praying for the spouses now of our grandchildren. And I always include now in all my prayers, the older that we're getting, it's like, wow, I'm not always going to be here to pray for them. So I always include, Lord, and for all of our descendants until you return. Just honor these prayers so that in the generations to come, when we pass the baton to the next generation, that prayers that we have prayed If the Lord tarries generations from now, someone may have a thought, I think someone prayed this for me. 
And but the power, I agree, the power of prayer in in seeking a mate. And then on a super practical level, sometimes when I've met with single girls who've really just been discouraged, and sometimes you have to change your beelines, just your little patterns of where you go every day, the things you do. It's like, well, yes, join a different campus organization or show up at this or visit uh, one of the other New Life campuses or uh, so sometimes on a, just a really practical level, if you're driving to work and coming home and the very same thing every day, sometimes changing it up. But yes, bottom line prayer. I, I love what Nate said when he brought the scriptures out of do not be unequally yoked. Everybody in this room, you have, you have a choice. You have a choice as you are figuring out especially if you're into dating or maybe in the pre-engagement or really want to be married and God has is, is really found that person, you found that person, it, it's, it's your choice. And it's clear, don't be, it's such a hardship to be unequally yoked. The amazing part, there's three dynamics going on. There's a spiritual dynamic, there's an emotional dynamic, there's a physical dynamic. If you will stay before you're married on the spiritual dynamic of, of just following Christ, as you really get to know somebody, you'll, you'll quickly, you'll, you know their spiritual life, you connect spiritually, you'll connect emotionally. That's part of it. But the physical side is a whole other topic. And the culture and the media has it totally opposite. Start with the physical. That'll move right into the emotional and then the spiritual. That's okay. You know, we, we can tolerate anything. But, uh, I love, it's clear, don't be unequally yoked. Amen. I'll start right here with Stockdale's on the next question. What's been the biggest blessing of marriage you did not expect? Well, this one I, I thought about, and I could have listed a whole bunch of things. I mean, 48 years, there would be a lot to say. Yeah. But one of the things that came to my mind was, um, I'll start with the story, it's short, but uh, our second oldest daughter, Abby, you'll resonate with her. She knows our family well. And she came to me one day when she was dating pretty seriously. The guy who she is now married to, they have five children, four little boys. Well, not little anymore, 15 and under. Five boys and a little girl, surprise girl on the end. And uh, so they've been together a long time. But at this point, she said, Mom, what if I just like get bored with him? What, how do you, how do I know? She said, I want marriage to be for life, but you know, what if he just gets on my nerves after X number of years? Or I feel like, oh, I'm, I'm getting bored. And she said, how do you know that it is the one for life? Well, obviously God will speak to your heart on that, but the biggest blessing, one of them, not the biggest, but one of them that I really didn't anticipate is that sometimes I'll tease and say, well, I've been married 10 times and people are like, what? But you literally, you are not married to the same person throughout three years mm. or 22 years or 48 years because marriage is not static it's dynamic. It's mm. always changing because you're always changing. Yeah. So really, it's true. It's trite, but it's true. The best is always yet to be because you're always just at a different place. And even if it's a hard place, if it's a terrible place that you're going through and it's like, you know, we're either going to kill each other or survive this, but we're going to get <laughs> through this. If it's a hard place, if you're on the mountaintop, and most of life, really, we all know is more like Groundhog Day. It's lived somewhere in between in the mundane. But through all those seasons, you're constantly changing. Yeah. And Jim will, you know, he will do things that I'll think, oh, that's kind of a new facet of him. Or he told me something the other day that I had never heard before in all of our years together. It's like, you're kidding. You did that? I didn't know that. Just, it's, <laughs> it's just, marriage is always changing. So you are not married, however many years later, to the very same person. You're always growing together. So it's always fun because yeah. it's, in one sense, a new person. Jim, real quick, one or two words, whatever it is. 
What has been the secret of 48 years of being married to your wife? She is incredibly patient with me. And she's unconditionally committed. It's phenomenal. You just, you just cannot describe it. So, Well, I'm going to add what we always tell for in marriage ministry. If we did have to boil down in two words, well, in one, it would be forgive. Learn mm. to, you cannot, you can't make it 50 years in marriage if you don't ask forgiveness and if you don't extend forgiveness for That's the great. little things or the huge, huge things. Yeah. Without forgiveness... There's no hope. That's good. Morgesons, uh, what's been the biggest challenge of marriage through 22 years? Dude, you can start on that. <laughs> you can't up. say Stephen. You can't say Stephen. Oh, well. <laughs> I guess you could, yeah. Okay, so like the 22-year-ago Stacy looked totally different than the Stacy today. And the 22-year-old Stephen looked a lot different than the Stephen today. So we both entered our marriage like extremely strong-willed, very stubborn, and probably extremely immature. So like learning to compromise on anything, I, I don't even know how we didn't kill or, uh, kill each other. Like seriously, like it was, it was, yeah, we we were we butted heads a lot. But I think probably. The biggest challenge, like in the beginning, um, was just like unrealistic expectations. Um, we came into marriage thinking that, you know, I thought he was going to meet certain needs. He thought I was going to meet certain needs. He had these crazy ideas, like I was going to cook for him every night and like clean his house and all the things. I don't know where he got that idea. <laughs> I think his mom did that, but anyway. Um, but, but um, you know, as, as we, you know, grew and learned and all the things, and God was very patient with both of us, you know, we began to realize, which is, this is our hope for y'all, that y'all enter into marriage with this already, knowing that, you know, how they say, like, you're looking for a mate that completes you, like, that's hogwash, that's not scriptural, that is not how God designed it, like, he... He is the only one that completes you, that fulfills mm. you. Like if you are looking for that in a spouse, if you're looking for your spouse to give you purpose, to fulfill you, to complete you, to meet all your needs, like they're going to fall short. It's too much pressure. Like that's not, that was not God's, you know, original intent. Like you enter into marriage knowing that you're whole, you're fulfilled in Him. Um, and then you're able to, enter into marriage in a, how do I say it, just like with the intent of knowing that now what you were able to bring individually to glorify the kingdom, now as a couple, your marriage, the intent of marriage is now to glorify him together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just stronger together. So. That's good. Did you want to say something? No, the biggest challenge, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, just to add, I did write some stuff about this. Um, you know, for 23 years, that's, that's how, how old I was when I got married. For 23 years, I've learned, right? I, I grew up in the church. She in a different denomination than, than Stacy. We both grew up in the church, went Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday nights, did all the things right. You learn certain things over the years. 23 years of seeing a pastor or hearing a pastor taking on all that he has, uh, your parents taking on all that they have, showing you how to do certain things, you're taking on as the truth, right? <clears throat> you know, we're believers in Christ. I was, I was saved at, at a young age, but you're still taking on all these things that are being taught to you. That's not truth necessarily. Some of it's good, some of it's bad, right? We take on, we take on a lot of baggage. So for 23 years, I, I had all this, right? that I've learned, that I experienced. My parents, just like she was saying, my mom, she was um, great. She was a spiritual leader in our house. My dad, you know, she cooked, cleaned, did all that kind of stuff. What? That's what I saw. My, my dad, um, he made the rules. You know, we all followed them, including my mom. Well, guess what? When me and Stacy got married, guess what I wanted? 
the same thing, right? You know, so those expectations were, like she was saying, was, was off. But what I needed to do and what I've done in the past, really five to seven years, and it's really, and it's great to have y'all guys here listening to us and take on what we've, you know, look at some of the things that we did wrong, really. I should have opened the word and took, taken all the things that I'd learned and said, okay, God, here's the truth over here in the word. Here's all the stuff that I've learned, even from pastors and parents that had good intentions for my life. And a lot of it was good, but some of it was unbiblical. And, um, you know, I opened up that word and started pulling away God through the Holy Spirit, pulling away things that I had learned. And we've got to look at it like that. Each of us are different. We, we came up in different families. Um, when, when you meet whoever it is in your life, they came from a different family, came through a different church, maybe not even went to church. And sometimes that's even better um, because of some of the, you know, the baggage that we bring on from different denominations or whatever it is, you know, we hold a guilt that I, that I brought up from, from my church. I held on to that a lot. But, you know, just over time, you know, <clears throat> I don't know, over time for the last five to seven years, God, I mean, I've really opened up the word and pulled and, and guilt was wiped away. Um, you know, that, you know, there's a verse, uh, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and, and they will become one flesh, not two flesh, not three flesh and leave your father. Look, look at it. Leave his father and mother, you know, and it doesn't say anything about children in there. It's you and your spouse, one flesh. Y'all got to be one. You know, it's not about your children. It's not about your parents. It's not about anything you've learned. It's about the truth that God has given us. And that's all I got to say on that. <laughs> Thank you. Kat, Nate. Cat, uh, I'll start with you. Ladies, yeah. or Kat, how do you feel about girls pursuing relationships if if we're not seeing guys be a little bit more proactive? Yeah. Okay, when I first read this question, I was like, oh, man. But I also love this question because I've gotten asked it. I feel like our high schoolers are just trying to date all the time. Like they, that's like most of ministry for us, which I don't know why we didn't expect it, but they're just trying to have a girlfriend or a boyfriend, and it's like interesting. Um, and I may step on some toes, but... Um, when we look at dating in the Bible, it doesn't necessarily talk about dating. It talks about marriage. And so dating is something that we've created in our culture. Um, and we view dating as Christians as a practice for marriage. Um, and so when we look at marriage, we look at the man leads the family, he leads the wife. And so I view it as in dating, the man should lead um, the girlfriend. And so that a lot of times looks like he steps up to the girl. Now that doesn't mean that like, as girls, you can't go introduce yourself. I actually introduced myself to Nate because when he reached out to me, um, hey, I, you know, I want to meet you, whatever, via DM. Um, he didn't follow up on it, and I'm like, what is this dude doing? So I ended up just going up and introducing myself because I'm like, clearly he's nervous, not a big deal. And here we are now married. <laughs> so in a nutshell, um, no, it is not wrong. But I think sometimes as girls, like, we're confident and we aren't playing. And so we just will come up to guys. Like, I think we don't get as nervous sometimes. But when we do that, I think we take a lot away from the men. Like, men, I think they want to lead. I think um, in a lot of ways, and Nate will talk about this, maybe they get nervous or discouraged. Um, and so as ladies, if we take that first step away from them, I think it kind of sets the tone of your relationship of like, okay, she's going to do things first. She's going to lead as opposed to allowing that guy to walk across the room or DM whatever um, and make that first move. It kind of sets the tone of like, okay, he's going to, he's going to lead this relationship. And so no, it's not, you're not, not allowed. It's not unbiblical, but I think that um, it's really important when you let the guys make that first move. What I will say is um, kind of like what you were saying earlier, you can change up your path, like put yourself in situations where you'll be near him or maybe introduce yourself or, you know, whatever the case may be. You don't have to just like literally sit and wait. Um, there's ways to like, you know, put yourself yeah. out there, I guess, appropriately. 
Um, but yeah. Nate, what would you add for the guy's perspective? Like even speaking to a little bit of maybe the hesitancy that comes with, I'm not sure, or maybe being nervous or yeah. speak to that a little bit. Before I get to that question, yeah. I have to defend myself and share what actually happened. Uh, when I moved to Fay I moved to Fayetteville in 2019, January 2019, and the first day I was in Fayetteville, I saw this girl, and immediately I was enthralled with her. Okay, and that's a big word. It's you were infatuated, whatever. Uh, I saw her, and I was like, I need to know this person. Um, but three months goes by, and I didn't muster the courage to go up and say anything to her. But let me. I'm gonna replay what happened. I'm sitting in the front row of church on Sunday morning and I see her in the foyer at the beginning of the service and I'm like, gosh, I can't stop thinking about this girl. I can't stop thinking about this girl. And after service, I kid you not, I stand up. We're about to leave. I look back. She's sitting in the back row and I literally go. <laughs> I've never met her in my entire life. I've never said a word to her, but I get up like a childhood crush, like a middle school crush, and was like, yeah. And so that's how that's, that started. That's why I DM'd her, and I was like, uh, I'm so sorry that I literally waved at you. Like, I've known you for 20 years and have never actually introduced myself to you. <laughs> but um, I think when it comes to confidence, uh, and boys, let's talk about this. And I say boys, I'm going to step on toes because it seems like in this generation, uh, confidence level is at a boy level with a lot of you guys. Uh, and I know that's rough, but that is the case. Uh, I see it on a daily basis, especially in our high schoolers. And then a lot of times we met in a college ministry in Fayetteville. I saw it in the college ministry. And so I think the confidence level is so low and this isn't a perfect answer, this isn't the correct answer, but this is just what I have experienced. And it's pretty personal too. But confidence level was so low for me is because when I was in relationships, when I was going through high school, going through college, uh, we met, I was a little bit older than her, she was a freshman, I was 25. But anyways, backstory. sorry. Uh, yeah, anyways. When I was going through relationships, I put all my worth in that relationship. I put all my worth in actually walking across the room and asking a question, putting all my worth in that question. And so if that question was shot down, then my worth was shattered. My confidence was completely shattered because my confidence, my worth was in the wrong thing. And so for, well, six years later when I met Kat, I, I spent five years really working on where my confidence was supposed to be, where my worth was. It wasn't in a girl. It wasn't in the walking across the room and asking the question. My worth was in Christ. And so when you are able to understand where your worth come from, comes from, who you are as a Christ follower, as a man of God, then you'll be able to step up, walk across the room confidently, knowing who you are in Christ and actually ask a girl out. And so when it comes to confidence levels, you have to understand, you need to know where your confidence is. It's not in the question. It's not in the girl that you're dating. Your confidence should be in who you are in Christ. And then everything kind of goes from there. That's good. All right, we have some live questions from, uh, are they still coming in? Logan, where are you at? Oh, okay, what's up, bro? Come on, Log. Are they still coming in or no? Okay. So these are questions I think y'all have sent in either yesterday, maybe the day before, or this this evening so i want to jump to some of these um let's just spit for we don't have a ton of time left but i do want to get through some of these uh so maybe one or two of you and try to let's try to answer as quick as we can so um how should you do vacations when dating actually Okay, so I was a flight attendant for seven years. And so we, I flew around the world all the time. And so... That's a flex. We, yeah, for that's free. A, that's a big flex up here. Uh, okay, all right. <laughs> uh, yes. So when we first started dating, I was still working for Delta. And so I was still traveling, doing all the things. And there were so many things that I wanted to show her. And so it was February of, I think, 2020. Right? Yeah. Yes. 
October. Okay, anyways, we go on vacation. I go on vacation. Me and my, my best friends would always take a trip uh, over the winter, and so we took a surfing trip to Costa Rica. And I used to live in Costa Rica, and so I wanted to show Kat where I used to live. I wanted to take her surfing. She's a really big surfer girl. And so, well, she loves it. She, yeah, whatever. Um, so traveling, dating, I first obviously went to her parents and was like, hey, we have this trip planned. It's me and my best friends who are really wanting to go surfing in Costa Rica. Can I take your daughter? And so they were like, absolutely. Just you need to follow these rules. And so basically what we did was uh, we went on the trip. But yeah, she had her own room. I stayed with my boys. And my two boys just held us accountable the entire trip. And so that's how we did it. Okay, well, what's funny is I was going to say, other than this trip, we would only travel places, genuinely only other than this trip, we would only travel places where we were staying with family or friends. And obviously our family and friends um, are going to hold us accountable. We always stayed in separate rooms at my parents' house. Like Nate stayed downstairs and down the hall, and I stayed upstairs and like across the hall. And I had siblings like in between. Um, So I would just say, don't, like it's, it's not hard. Don't put yourself in a situation where you're going to be tempted to share a room or where the Bible says don't even do anything where it looks like you're sinning. So don't even put yourself in a situation where it looks like, are they sharing a room? Are they on vacation alone? Da, da, da. Like we always just would make sure we were with family and we had different rooms. And um, yeah, that, that's just really the easiest way to do it. And if you can't do that, then don't go on vacation. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Totally opposite spectrum. So we said, yeah. So traveling together, good. Staying as far away as possible. <laughs> okay. No, that's good. Uh, how do you know breaking up with someone is the right decision? Yeah. I think, I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, you just know. I mean, really. <laughs> Especially when it comes to the unequally yoked part. Like if you're if you enter a relationship and one person is following Christ and the other isn't, don't waste your time. It's the biggest waste of time you could ever do. What if you are t- two believers? What if you are two believers? And it's just not vibing. You're just not I'm just not feeling it. Yeah. Maybe they're all in, but you're Yeah, you got this, Cindy? Not from our lives in particular, but one of our daughters um, dated seriously, and then she just wasn't sure, went through this season of not knowing, and they did break up, and finally she went away for a weekend and just asked the Lord just by herself, okay, what do I do? And she had this whole list she had made with all her... Guess who, Abby? (laughs) All her boxes that she checked off. And at the end of the weekend, the Lord said, you're not marrying a list. You're marrying a person. And in this case, it was where he really was the one for her. But they were were and are very different. And I remember him coming to us during that season and saying, because he was just heartbroken. He said, is there anything I can do? Is there?" And I said, you know, one thing I know is she is not going to marry you out of pity because she feels bad that you've broken up. But you will know if it's of God that you get back together, you will know that you know that you know that you are the ones for each other. And I will never forget her coming down the aisle and he looked at me and to this day, I could cry thinking about it, but it was like a wink of this is it. And we both know. So I think, yes, bottom line, you will know one way or the other. I, I dated a girl three months before Emily, uh, I, what I would say to this question, y'all didn't ask me, but uh, is the Bible says that God gives us a peace that surpasses our understanding. The relationship right before Emily, it was perfect on paper. It looked, she served the church. She loved God. Her family went to church. Like it was a perfect match, but the, I could not commit to the relationship. And if there is something in you that will not allow you to move forward in peace, 
don't try to suppress it. Don't try to talk yourself into it. Ask counsel, tell them how you're feeling. But if you don't have peace, that is something you should pay attention to. Because I tried to redate her after, because I was like, oh, I miss her. This is the one. And guess what I didn't have still? Peace. Do not neglect the peace that God offers us and the Spirit allows us to move forward in relationships. So that's one thing that I've just, I've always told people is keep seeking the peace in the relationship. And if you've got it, keep going. So uh, another question. Um, ooh. What does the Bible say about sex before marriage? Philippians 4.3, don't do it. We may be able to, uh, anybody want to speak to that? Nate? Just don't do it. <laughs> uh, the Bible is very clear on, it talks about fornication. It talks about uh Really, marriage is reserved for, or sorry, sex is reserved for marriage. And that's a gift. Sex is not a bad thing. A lot of times our culture, because of the way it's almost promoted, it, it is uh, looked at as the church doesn't like sex. And that is not the case. Uh, sex is a great thing inside of how God created it. And so I feel like the Bible says, if you are married, man and woman, that is also something the Bible specifies, Sex is good. So therefore, sex inside of marriage is good. Anything outside of that, if we're seeking sex, a lot of times it's, it's we're seeking something outside of the Lord. And so really then it's a question of, is my heart for the Lord or is my heart for something else? And so I think that's what I would say to that. Yeah. Yeah. Back to Jim's thought. So really if you just think about what Jim said. <laughs> uh, another question. Uh, oh, wow. How do, you, how do you fear the idea of there being no more godly men left? That's great. How do you fear the idea? How do you deal with the fear of the idea there are no more? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I was just reading it like it came in. Sorry. This is a great question, though. How do you deal with the fear uh, of the idea there being no more godly men left? Well, that's a lie, first of all. There's lots of godly men out there. Um, but specifically for the man or woman that's meant for you, like, I wish I would have done this. I think Stephen did a better job at this. I, I've heard him say that, like, he prayed for me before we even met. Sorry, Stephen, I didn't pray for you. I didn't know to do that. <laughs> But no, you made the first move. So, so oh my goodness! Did, yeah. But like I've I've taught my kiddos to to start interceding, not just um, like Lord bring me my person and make them this A B C and D, but like truly interceding for them so that the Lord begins to because He will reveal things to you because it's your mate. It's who He's picked out for you to do life with. So. Right now, like today, at this moment, if you haven't done it up until here, like start praying for your future spouse, like in, truly interceding for them every day, like the struggles that they have, the place that they are right now, that the Lord would, you know, intervene and grow and strengthen, encourage where they're at now and where they will, you know, the problems that, that when you enter in marriage, where they're, all, you know, where they're going to be at that point in history too. So like, if you're praying over that, he's raising up a godly man or godly woman for you, just because you don't see him, that means yet God's not done with you and not done with him. Like he's growing and cultivating your relationship with him and his or her vice versa relationship with him. That's so right. that at the appointed time you're both ready to enter into marriage the way that he created it and designed it but how a lot of us miss the boat and that's not how we enter in but that's the way that he created it to be so. yeah 
I think, too, it's just uh, it comes down to trusting God with your life. It's feeling like this isn't going to happen, and I cannot be all that I was meant to be without it. But the bottom line is that God can and will provide everything that you need. And some, you know, it's, it's his timing, it's just trusting, but it's knowing that we serve a good God. And same as the sex question, I think it's, it's scarcity versus abundance. We think, well, God's withholding this, but he's not, like with sex. He's saving it so you can enjoy it in the, as the best. And in the same way, waiting for your mate, it's not being withheld. It's knowing that he can, he loves you more than you could ever imagine. So he will provide it in his perfect timing if that's what he has for you. That's good. I married up. Jeff said he married up. <laughs> uh, we're going to reach out on Instagram to some of these questions that we, we just could not get to all these tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much that we get to be here um, together on a Sunday night. Lord, I just thank you that this is where they chose to be. Um, Lord, that they start their day with you and they're ending their day with you. Um, Lord, I just want to lift up specifically the girls in this room, um, regardless if they're single, if they're in a relationship, Lord, if they're um, dreaming and praying about being in a relationship one day. Lord, I just pray that um, first and foremost, that they would get to know you, um, that their relationship with you would be so strong, Lord, that that's all that's on their mind um, and everything else will follow later. Lord, I just pray that they, um, before marriage, uh, specifically would utilize this time um, to learn to um, be intimate with you, Lord, um, to feel your love, to get their confidence from you, Lord, um, and to serve in their church. Lord, you have so much for each and every one of them. Um, and Lord, I just, I hope that they know that. I hope that they feel that. Lord, I pray that any questions that they have, the what ifs, the who is it, um, what does he look like? What is he, Lord, I just pray that um, in this moment that you'll just wipe away those questions um, and that they'll just draw near to you because ultimately you are the only one that can fulfill us. Um, and I just thank you for that. I just thank you so much for being um, more than enough for us. Um, Lord, I just thank you for sending your son to die for us. Um, and I just pray that they would hear that over and over we have um, echoed the same, um, from the same vein, Lord, that you are enough. You are all that we need. Um, and if we would just get to know you and we would get on our hands and knees every single day, Lord, that, then that's it. That's all that we need. Um, our relationship is just a gift and a blessing that you gave to us. Um, but first and foremost, we just need you, Lord. Um, and I just pray that each and every girl in here would focus on that, would lean into that, um, wouldn't wait another day, um, and that that would just be their heart right now, Lord. Um, in Jesus' name. God, I just want to lift up the men in this house. God, I'm so thankful uh, that they chose to be here, like Kat said that each and every one of them in here chose to come here on a Sunday night. They could be on their campus doing whatever the heck they want to do, but they chose to be here. They chose to come and lean into you and know you. We can do this panel anytime, but really what they want to know is you. And so God, I just lift up the men tonight. I lift up their confidence. God, I pray that their confidence is in you, that they know that, that who they are is in you, Lord. God, I'm so thankful that we get to come here on a Sunday night. I'm so thankful that we have a house where we care about the men in this house, that we care about uh, their confidence level and, and realizing who they are in you, Lord. And so, God, I just lift that up to you tonight. And we're just so thankful. We're so thankful for all that you do. In your name, amen.